Welcome to the Work From Home edition of Market Week in Review for the week ending June 5th, 2020. I'm Sophie Antal Gibert, and I'm joined today by our Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Ristabin. Good morning, Eric. Morning, Sophie. It's great to see you virtually. I can't wait to see you in person again, but we'll make do with this, at least for this week still. Um, we'll have to, yep. Eric, I'd love to get your perspective. So much has happened this week. Um, so I'd love to get your perspective, especially on, in three areas. One, the European Central Bank sort of communicated a recommitment to stimulus programs uh, for, for the European Union. Um, so what, you know, what are your perspectives on that? Second, unemployment data. Um, there's some more information about that released throughout the week um, and most recently this morning. And then lastly, how did the market react to all of these different um, news items uh, and, and developments? Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So maybe take us to Europe first, the European Central yep. Bank. What did they announce and what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, you know, I, I, if you asked me yesterday, I would have told you this was probably the big news of the week. Um, and then we saw the jobs number this morning and, and that obviously turned into the big news of the week. But, in you know, earlier this week, the ECB actually announced that it's increasing the size of its basically pandemic response. Um, now, originally, when they came out, they, they said very clearly, um, Christine Lagarde said very, very clearly, there are no limits. And they continue along with the Fed to want to show that there really are no limits to the links that they're willing to go to support um, the European economy. In this case, they expanded the facility to buy government debt from 750 billion euros. They expanded another 600 billion euros, bringing the total to you know 1.35 billion euros. So or rather a trillion euros. So um, we're talking about a enormous amount of money. And the idea there, I think, is the ECB is continue, continuing to be concerned about uh, deflationary threats. And so uh, it wants to assure the market it's going to do everything it can to combat those forces. And, and really what it's trying to do is, is making sure that it gets control uh, and maintains control over the various yield curves of the countries that are participants. You, you saw the biggest reaction to that news. Um, obviously, the stock market was you know, positively impressed by even more stimulus. Um, but I think you saw the big action uh, in the bond market where you saw actually the, the yields for the peripheral countries, you know, Spain, Italy, Greece were, were pretty accustomed to the names, Portugal at this point. Um, you saw meaningful drops in their yields uh, in terms of their national debt. That's obviously directly supported by the fact that the ECB is going to go out and buy a whole bunch more of those debts, drive the prices up, which drives the yields down. Um, so I, I think that was a, a big and, and, and positive development, but yet confirmation that there, there really are no limits from a monetary standpoint. Yeah, that's interesting to see that sort of it's it's like the next iteration of uh, of formerly Draghi's commitment to, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. It sounds like you're yep. the, the new there are no limits is the new version of that. That's great. And, uh, and good to see that the market reacted positively to that as well. Maybe um, switching gears a little bit, the U.S., we did have um, you know, some positive news in unemployment uh, data and, and statistics today. Can you walk us through that? 
Um, yeah, I, I, it's stunning um, in terms of how bad the forecasts were. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, talked a lot through this crisis, how difficult it is for people to really get a good handle on the extent and, and kind of of the, of the economic damage and the permanence of that damage. Um, extraordinarily difficult to measure. Remember, we've talked a lot about the, the objective function of but not only the U.S. government, but globally governments, you know, we, we've seen over 9% of GDP um, uh, committed in fiscal stimulus. That's global GDP. And the goal there was to try to reduce the amount of permanent impairment that the shutdowns would, would, would um, uh, make on the, the broad economy. And the idea there was, you know, the idea, as we've talked about, is, 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 you know, maybe job furloughs, but not job destruction. The idea was if we can keep those small employers, if we can keep those particularly vulnerable industries in business, um, those jobs that, you know, those people that those you know, 40 million people that applied for unemployment uh, benefits over the last, you know, couple of months plus, um, that not all those jobs would be permanently lost. And I think we saw some evidence today, um, surprising evidence that maybe that isn't such a, a ridiculous and naive expectation because where the market consensus was between job losses of net of, of 7 million to 8 million lost in May, the actual number that came in in May was a positive two and a half million jobs created. So we're talking about you know, forecasters in, in, in consensus were off 10 million in terms of the number of jobs. People were expecting unemployment rate. Um, the, the experts were expecting unemployment rates to rise to 19 percent or close to 19 percent. So awfully close to 20 percent. Um, in actuality, they fell. Uh, the unemployment rate fell to 13.3 percent. So um, I, I think it really is, you know, further evidence that um, we're seeing, you know, we saw the trough of economic activity a few weeks ago in terms of the U.S. economy and, and, and then globally. Same basic phenomenons are occurring in Europe as well in terms of their opening. So, you know, the, the idea was that you'd be able to time box the negative economic impacts of the, of the lockdowns for the coronavirus um, and then see recovery. And I think we, we are actually beginning to see that uh, manifest itself. And that's nice to see. Not only was it jobs number, the, the Institute of Supply Management, their purchasing manager indexes for both manufacturing and non-manufacturing industries were better. Um, 12 million cars were sold in May. Um, you're seeing actually a, a fair amount of economic activity returning. Um, and I think the markets, you know, obviously that that's something they're expecting and, and you know, and welcoming the news that we're seeing um, because today's number was, was so much better than people had feared it was going to be. Um, I, I think it really is one of those few instances where a market is actually shocked by the magnitude of the, of the actual job creation versus destruction. Well, and what a nice turnaround. It, you know, we, we don't know if it'll persist, but even just temporarily, we'll take it right now, right after, yes. after the terrible yeah. numbers. And hey, if the forecasters are going to be wrong, I'd rather they be wrong on the downside than, you know, <laughs> exactly. like have an upside surprise. That's always yes. welcome, um, especially on a Friday um, during this, this environment. Um, so you've mentioned and we've alluded, both of us have alluded sort of to, you know, the market had had positive reactions this week. Take us through what, what did the market do? What, you know, what sort of journey have we been on this week? And where do you think that we might be next week? Yeah, so the so last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about the fact that for almost two months, the, the equity markets traded in a fairly narrow channel. Um, 
Treasury yields, um, as well as basically all non-sovereign yields, also traded um, generally within a relatively narrow band. In the U.S., it was kind of between 60 and 75 basis points on the 10-year Treasury. We're kind of trading in that band for about two months, along with the equity market being basically range-bound. In both cases, I think you've seen the last, certainly this week, um, the equity market is actually broken out of that channel. Not, Not dramatically, but it definitely has gone through the top end of what had been uh, a, a very much a channel trading. Um, the S&P 500 is up over 4% on the week. The stock 600, the European um, equity index is also up over 4% on the week. And the MSCI Emerging Market Index is up over 6% on the week. So you're seeing broad-based um, market equity market uh, positive returns. Um, I think also the, the big news um, this week is also that the U.S. 10-year Treasury has broken out of its channel and is now sporting a yield of almost 1%, 0.92%. Uh, percent, so 92 basis points on the 10-year Treasury. Um, and that is also our expectation. Our expectation is rates have upward pressure on them um, and the yield curve um, should modestly steepen over the next uh, months to come, uh, along with spreads, I, I think, continuing to behave in, in, a, in, a, in a generally better fashion than they have um, recently. So um, all of these things are kind of um, supportive of the idea that an e- a sustainable economic recovery uh, may very well be underway as we speak. Um, and I think that is generally the market's expectation. And it's beginning to see some data that is supporting um, that belief. And, and I think in general terms, um, we're happy to see it. As you said, uh, after the news we've seen over the last eight weeks, um, you know, non-horrible news is actually qualifying as good news today. So this was actually good news today and and we'll take it. We will definitely take it. Thank you, Eric. Yes, I agree. Um, Eric, that's all we have time for today, but I thank you for sharing your insights and getting us up to speed, helping us figure out where should we be focused. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon. See you soon. 